Hey guys, welcome to Mandatory Fun Time. Mandatory Fun Time, Mandatory Fun Time. Mandatory Fun Time. Mandatory Fun Time. With uh, a special guest today, Edgar, would you like to introduce our guest? Uh, yeah, this is uh, my guest. Uh, he does a lot of cosplay. He's, uh, you know, doing a lot of stuff for a lot of cosplayers, so you should definitely check him out. Uh, I do like money. This is Nico. Uh, if you want to plug anything, by all means, go ahead. Yeah, dude, give us the deets. Oh, man, all I can think of is my Instagram, at Desert Fair. There you go. Desert Fair. Is that one word? Do we got underscores? What, what are we dealing with here? Oh, gotta check I it. know. I got to check it, dude. I'm he so doesn't grand as hard as I'm, we do. I all know, right. Well, in the meanwhile, while he finds boomer. that out, Edgar, give us a little bit of background on your friend here, since he is predominantly your friend now, but uh, I'm glad to be of friendship now. Ah, too. there we go. It's a at Desert Fair Cosplay. One word. One word. You hear that, guys? Desert Fair Cosplay. Follow check him me out. and I probably won't follow you back. All his shit is legit, dude. Yeah. So, uh, Nico, uh, has done like a bunch of stuff. He's uh cosplayed in Comic-Con Honolulu. Uh, you were at PMC. What was it? 2016, 2018, 2018, 2018. And you did a cosplay there that like ended up like a lot of people took pictures of. And yeah, just, like, I was like one of the only people that was actually cosplaying. Yeah, exactly. Good and then <laughs> dude, but you didn't just cosplay, dude. You brought, you brought the whole uniform, man. From what I saw, that shit yeah. was intense. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I was in a video too that's now hitting two million views. So and, yeah. and what Edgar tells me is you make these things yourself. Completely from completely scratch. Completely from scratch. That's amazing. Literally from three D data from like literally a blank slate of zeros. Yeah. File, print it, sand it, sew it, whatever. Damn, that's a lot of work. Painted and everything. Yeah. Yeah. He does his work, boys. Uh, yeah, but he puts out some really good cosplays. You should definitely check it out. Uh, highly recommend. So, uh, on, on that, on that topic, what kind of things do you like to cosplay? I am predominantly a tokusatsu fan. So like Japanese, thank you. Live action say, heroes. Yeah. All these fancy words. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta explain dude. Cause even <laughs> me, like me, I'm not even talking about people listening, dude. I, I do, don't know I what the do fuck a lot a of tonkensatsu is. Yeah. No. Yeah. So what was that? What was that word again? Tokusatsu. Yeah. It's tokusatsu. a very esoteric term. Like, you know it or you don't. Okay. Um, but I mean, yeah. you would know it if you've ever grown up watching power Rangers or anything. Or right. If you, Happen to catch Kamen Rider Dragon. You see, but Knight. I'm a filthy American, so the only <laughs> word Mass I Rider. know is Power Ranger, and that's it, dude. No, you know VR Trooper. You VR. know Big Bad Beetleborgs. Oh, VR, yeah. VR, baby. We are VR. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> it's okay. It, Both it's, Edgar and him have like this really, really strong bond about these hobbies. And oh, yeah. uh, I'm just kind of here to question it because I don't know. So it's it's oh, kind you, of insightful you, for me. You stepped into my room and seen my thousand dollar shelf. Yes, I have thousand dollar shelf yeah. of plastic. plastic, plastic and electronics that even if you were to steal, you don't know where to even sell it. Technically, plastic with soundboards of Japanese men screaming. Sometimes women. Really? Very rarely. I've, Very never, rarely. Heard, I've, I've never heard any of them. I have like one. two of them. You're going to have to show me that. I will show you that later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you got a game plan tonight. Hell yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So that's really cool, though. Um, where do you want to bounce from there? I was just thinking of, like, the whole, like, of tokusatsu in general. Okay. Because if, it, if it's a pretty bare topic... I mean, I can go, go on it. and go no, about it. Oh, yeah, go dude, go about it. By, by all means, I'll chime in where, where I can, but uh, Actually, you're a guest. Actually, this so. is kind of like something that I want you to chime into, Edgar, because, I mean, 
It, oh, I yeah. guess it falls into your origin as well. Yeah. I would include you, Sal. But I mean, if it's oh, yeah. if it's it's all new to you, this is like your introduction. No to harm. In oh, yeah. One hundred and one, dude. Yeah. One hundred and one. So right. I'm wondering, like, how did you get into it, Edgar? How did you find about find out about um, you know, I guess Super Sentai, Common Rider, and all that stuff, all the things under the Takusatsu umbrella. So, like a lot of people, I grew up watching the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Kind of like fell out of it. I do remember watching those other like sister series that would come out. Big Bad Beetleborgs, VR Troopers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't remember too many of the details. I remember one day I was on a 4chan on a, just a random thread about video games. And then I saw a gif of like uh, what was a, a com- what was Common Rider game, And the whole thread just kind of devolved into them talking about it. And uh, from there I found out about the whole like series common writer and what exactly Just to it cut is. In, you yeah. got in that late yes i did. I thought you were in a lot sooner no that was like what 2014 2014 2015 that, so that sounds about right yeah, yeah. It, was, was, it was around that time there but, was a time uh, when I, I i realized edgar really got into this stuff yeah mm-hmm. so like it became obvious mm-hmm. so like you know then i find out that common writer is like this like 40 years like long series at the time mm-hmm. and then i'm just kind of going through the backlog and then finding like recommendations on what were good you know series to start on mind you this is like a tv series that's like what 27 seasons long or something a little more no a lot longer than that i think so yeah because a lot of the original ones back in like the uh, 70s and 80s yeah like multiple seasons it's an old franchise that just has like kind of like how power rangers does like power rangers and then dino thunder you know whatever the new one is yeah let me chime in really quick just from like an insight like from an outsider's view in it's really weird to think, and I think like a lot of people would also think this, just lots of people stopped at Power Rangers, right? They, right. Yeah. they thought nothing of it. They thought it was just a kid's show that sold toys and, and that was about it. Right. But uh, looking looking from the outside in, it, it's pretty uh, amazing like how, how far this spans past just a kid's show. For a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like where it, um, I mean, not to cut off your story, no, Edgar, go for it, but go for it. that's kind of like where my thing with it comes in is it's super corny, but like Common Rider, specifically Common Rider, right. yeah. has such a special place in my heart, mm-hmm. like such an important spot that like when I was like growing up still as like an early teenager, when I was like, um, I think 13 or 14, that's when I discovered it. Yeah. So I had moved to Hawaii, my family and I, we all moved to Hawaii and we moved to Maui back um, in 2008. I was just turning 14. And I was like the new white kid in Hawaii, <laughs> like all these people. And I was at high school it was freshman year at high school, too. So it was like the literal, like worst possible situation. Damn. Um, all these people had known each other. You know, all my classmates had known each other since they were like in diapers. Yeah. So it's really trippy being like not just transplanted to a whole different state. I had never like even been out of state before. Right. Different way of life, all that. So I had nothing, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I picked up 3d when I was out there. I said, I've been yeah. doing 3d modeling now for well over 12 years. Damn. Yeah. That's a good man. I would, you got to get started early, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's, wow. it's a very brutal industry, but, um, like any good high schooler, I was an anime club and, right, um, right. and oof. <laughs> yeah, big oof. <laughs> yeah. Um, tokusatsu already has a much bigger hold in Hawaii. Oh, really? So over in the States, you know, people know, you know, they know Power Rangers and that's really it. Right. That's but exactly because, what I was Because, yeah, because Hawaii is so intermeshed with um, Japanese culture, a lot of like my teachers and uh, the adults there, they grew up watching the original Kamen Rider series. Right. Like a lot of them would be like, oh, like I was like, have you heard of this show? Like when I had just gotten into it and they're like, oh, yeah, I used to watch V3 when I was a kid. Wow. Or I watched Kikaider. Toy actually has a subdivision in Hawaii. 
Uh-huh. So Toy Studios is the studio that creates and produces Kamen Rider and Super Sentai. Right. Um, and it's like one of their only out of country, like out of Japan, like subsidiaries. Yeah. And they do like official events and they get like actual actors. They do stage shows over yeah. on Oahu yeah, yeah. in Shirokia where we were that Damn. one time. Yeah, Shirokia was nice. That's that's interesting. Like I know uh, when you guys took that trip to Hawaii like last year, Edgar was explaining about how legitimate like a lot of that Japanese culture there was. Oh yeah. Because and I thought to myself, I'm like, that's that's kind of I mean it's closer, right? It closer is closer to Japan. Closer physically. It's weird it, when yeah. you think about the history, like I mean, not to mince words, like stuff like Pearl Harbor and stuff, and there yeah. was a real strong anti Japanese sentiment. But I think it's because like the um way back in the day, back in like the early nineteen hundreds, when uh, they were establishing the islands as like colonies. Um, there was a huge, you know, Portuguese influence. There was a huge Japanese influence, Chinese, Filipino. Um, a lot of them did come to work in the fields, especially like the working class was more Portuguese and Filipino. That's why there's so much Portuguese and Filipino food out there. But um, the Japanese did help like with like hierarchies and governments and stuff. So they had a big chokehold even before all the war madness of like the 30s and 40s. So it was kind of like inevitable that they were going to have a big... I guess a big stake in Hawaii. Right. Yeah. Right. But even then it's like, you know, here in like Southern California, you go to like a Ross or something and it's like the signs are like written in English and then they're written in Spanish underneath. Wow. No, yeah. Yeah. Dude, you it's really just don't think about that. Yeah. But in Hawaii, everything is written in, um, you know, in English and then underneath it's written usually in kanji. Right. Okay. So it's like, you know, like women's and then underneath onna, and it's like, that's weird. And a lot of stores out there, especially um, like the really touristy shops, they accept yen. You can go there and pay with straight yen. Damn. Yeah. And I was telling Sal about how uh, like the last two or three days we went to like a, was it a confectionery? Uh, the Japanese confectionery. Oh, yeah. um, uh, Minamoto Kichuan. Yeah. It's and a it Jap- was- It's a traditional Japanese confectionery's place. We spent what, 200 each? Just about. He showed yeah. me the pictures, and then like uh, he was talking about a, a sort of like a gotcha machine that oh gotcha yeah coins so, or something. So coolest we, thing. Yeah, this was in Shirokia, and that's in Oahu. Yeah, it's in it's in the uh, Ala Moana Shopping Center, which is the oh. seventh largest shopping center in, I think, in the U.S. But it is ridiculously massive. We were there for <laughs> almost a week. <laughs> this yeah. mall is the size of one one island. Dude, oh, of, a, of a small so, city, like yeah. not even kidding, it's three levels. That's crazy. With like one sub level. I was just making a joke. And the crazy part about it too is like the hotel we were staying in was literally connected to the mall. Yeah, the Alamoana hotel. So you you Super would go cool. you would go down the elevator, go down to the second floor. From the second floor, you get out, go through the back, and then there's like these uh, doors that open up, right? Uh huh. As soon as you walk out, you're literally walking on like those uh, elevated bridge. like. So you, yeah, bridge, yeah. you don't yeah, even have bridge. to go outside to get to this place? No, no you don't even touch the ground. That's so cool, the man. Yeah. yeah, and the whole mall. The thing is, we were there for about a week. Yeah. We saw, like, maybe, like, 30% of the actual mall. Yeah. Because yeah. we were going to, like, one of the, like, five different food courts. Yeah. They had um, so many food courts. And then there's, like, even that upscale, like, food court at the very, like... At the top, yeah. yeah. Like, so there's, like, a sub-level, a main floor, a second floor, and a third floor on the top, like, on the roof of the place, which uh-huh. is all, like, the higher higher class places. I mean, I say like higher class, but it's like B-dubs and California Pizza Kitchen and stuff. But it's Target. Yeah, the Target. But it's things that you don't usually get in Hawaii. Right. Like it was just, I don't know. It was was definitely like one of the better like 
better places I've ever been. And have, like, have you ever been to Vegas before? I have when okay. I was a kid. Cause it uh, was very reminiscent of it. So Vegas. I was going to say like a lot of the casinos are interconnected, which mm. is fantastic because walking outside in Vegas fucking sucks. Yo, it's yeah. horrible. It's, it's but, the desert. But, but the thing is not every casino is connected. So you still have to like run for cover to the next casino over right but like that's what i'm th- that made me think about that and how cool it is that this mall is just interconnected with the hotel and everything is just at your disposal oh at your yeah. disposal it's without having to go outside like it's crazy because like the because we were there for a con like that's what we went for yeah and when we went to the con like it was literally just like a walk down the street and we're at the convention center yeah like Two or three minutes. And you know if what? That. The yeah. funny thing is you're in Hawaii where you want to go outside because it's, it's probably beautiful. It I've never gorgeous. been. But like in Vegas, dude, like, you know, it's just it's just ass outside of the it's city. It's an oven. Yeah. 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 And it's oven next to a bunch of skyscrapers, which look cool and all. But, you know, it's still ass outside. It looks oh, cool. Yeah. But when it's like 115 degrees outside and like completely Ooh. like no humidity, like zero yeah, yeah. percent, it sucks. It does. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My it's nose was was dying out minus. there, man. Oh yeah, yeah. You really you really don't think about like uh, humidity factors oh, until it's leave. completely bone dry. Yeah, and then you go somewhere else and your nose is just bleeding, dude, all the time. Well, it's funny yeah. where we are. We're in, like I think from like a linear standpoint, we're like twenty, it's a, it's, thirty miles away from the ocean. Yeah, so we're not that far. You know, we're still a little bit arid, but yeah, I mean, but like I used to live in, bad, I used yeah. to live like closer to the ocean in, in the San Diego area. Yeah. So I was used to that first, and then coming here, I, I you know, you have to kind of get used to it yeah. a little bit. Not, it's, I'm not saying it's an extreme, but you go out to Vegas, dude. Oh my God, it's. I literally lived in Hawaii. I lived in the literal middle of the ocean. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fun fact: Hawaii is the most isolated island archipelago in the world, and it sucks. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, the more you know, and like, I remember texting Nico while he was going through his like island madness for like a good week, like before you were about to leave Hawaii. It's like you. Stupid. You were telling me about it. Like you were just tired of it. Well, the thing is, um, I I'm pretty like I don't like heights. I'm afraid of heights. I'm acrophobic. So it's like planes are a different thing because I mean you're so high up it doesn't it doesn't like feel real anymore. But it doesn't register. Yeah, it's, it's a totally different feeling. It's funny how much how more and more I hear people about fear of heights. But go on, go on. Well, yeah. So um, yeah, I get pretty acrophobic. So even when I go to like places like Lake Gregory over here, I hate the drive up because you're more or less on a freeway that's plastered onto the side of a mountain. Lake Gregory, that's uh, that's like Crest something, right? Like Crest, yeah, it's, Crest. it's somewhere like in the northeast. It, it's right before Lake. Arrowhead? I think so. Yeah, I've been there before. It's not that far. It's like from here, it's like maybe like an hour. You just hour go 15. up uh, baseline. Yeah. And yeah. you just fucking going straight up like the side of a mountain. I hate it. But the thing is, being on top of that mountain is it evokes the same feeling when you're in Hawaii and there's nothing but water in every direction and one mountain behind you. I don't blame you because I've actually heard going up that mountain is one of the most dangerous roads you can take. I have like, nightmares about that to this people day. People die. And like, I remember driving up there in my car and mind you, mine was just like a sedan. Dude, I had to be careful like watching the gauge because it would overheat going up that. And the yeah. fact that it's quite literally plastered onto the side of a mountain, like you look above yeah. and there's like giant concrete pylons coming off and this thing is hanging over the edge of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's He's like, not kidding. It's horrible. Have you, have you ever been I, I've there? never been, but that sounds terrifying. Someday, I can actually like, imagine like what that looks like. Someday, let's take him, dude. Oh, yeah. When this think is all of, over. Yeah, think of the Ortega. You've been on the Ortega Highway, I of course. Have, yeah. Now, imagine if the Ortega Highway had a sheer drop-off directly underneath you. Imagine if it was just plastered to the side of a fucking cliff. 
He's not lying. <sighs> no, that's uh, that's yeah. why it's I know. one of the like people usually have nightmares about like oh no the boogeyman's gonna come get me or something. I have nightmares about like my bank account's empty or I have to fly this day or I'm going up like going to fucking Lake Gregory. Okay, Fuck. extending extending that conversation about things like that. An area that absolutely still terrifies me to this day is the Coronado Bridge in San Diego. I hate that. Yeah, my friend used to live um, over in Coronado, that like thing, on the Strip. Yeah, that thing looks like it's on stilts, man. It feels like it. And then, uh, my, you know, my friend's telling me, like, oh, yeah, you know, every now and then they have to close the bridge down because there's, like, a jumper. And I'm like, oh, it's, like, the spooky, spindly, haunted bridge. Right. Uh, one time. So, you know, it, this this goes into the acrophobia. Right. Um, I was going back, and, you know, there's a toll, there's a little toll booth. Um, I don't think they actually use it for collecting tolls anymore, but it's like a traffic stop at Coronado. So when you get to Coronado Island, um, you stop and you have to go with this little like fucking single file booth. And the whole island is run by the military police. So it's like you have to be super, super adamant on following the speed limit. Yeah. If it's 40, you go 39. <laughs> and um, on the way back one time. So I was like, I crashed at his place because I was working in La Jolla at the time. And I was like, you know, I'll just crash here, go to work. There was bumper to bumper traffic on the bridge. And I was stuck on that bridge for like 45 minutes. Like, oh, dude, it was the worst. Being at the height of it, I was like, like trembling. I was like, I'm having a panic attack. This sucks. Yeah. And then I got to go to work and (laughs) deal with like snooty San Diego tourists for an hour. As you explain that story, I slowly got back the memories of that bridge. I know exactly where you're talking about. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I hate that it curves, like curves too. You know, it can't just be a straight shot. Yeah. Like, and it's that the bend, I think, is the highest point. Uh So it's like when you're, it's worse when you're coming from Coronado because then it's a really steep shot all the way up and a slow drag down instead of like being on a roller coaster when you're going to the island, you go up, 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 and down real quick and you're done. Hey, at the end of the day, though, Coronado is very nice. Oh, it's a beautiful place. Don't, Don't get me wrong. And again, my friend like lived in, <laughs> he lived in one of those like multi-million dollar homes that's right on the water with like a, a, a dinghy and a tender and like a fucking sailboat in their backyard. And I was Fuck. like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that veered off quite a bit. I'm glad it did. Oh yeah. That, no, was, yeah, that, that was, was a good fantastic. conversation. Yeah. But uh, yeah, coming back to it also. Yeah. Do you do a lot of 3d modeling work? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah no, <laughs> create a lot of, a <laughs> a lot lot of, of costumes. Well, when we're talking about cosplay here, we're not talking about like uh, cloth materials. I'm not trying to like downplay people who just make like cloth and stuff. I'm just saying how serious you are about this. You're making like full on like plastic molds and things, helmets, like, yeah, dude, it's crazy what you do. It's insane. It's it's fun though. You know, it's it's one of those things that like when you find your niche and like you don't want to do anything else but that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I wish I could find that. That's why oh, I yeah, always hear people too. saying that kind of stuff. Like, oh, I can't wait till I find my thing. And then I think like I I know that I'm lucky that I found my calling so early in. Yeah, it's super corny to word it like that. No, but I dude, mean, that it hits, really is that like, hits so hard. Yeah. I agree. Like when you find something that you just want to do. For the rest of your life, you know, the whole like, oh, you, you find a job you like and you'll never work a day in your life. Right. And it's such a cheesy saying, but then it's like you start to live it and you're like, oh, no, they were right. It's in, it's insane. That's beautiful, yeah. man. I'm envious. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Hey, you all you'll all find your you'll find your way. Mm-hmm. Just pay for me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> Yeah, no, thinking of the cosplay thing, I did veer off pretty hard from the uh, the origins. Um, so oh, you right. had your origins on 4chan, <laughs> Edgar. Yeah, I, oh, I saw I saw a GIF. Back. And um, so Anime Club. Uh-huh. And then I went to, like, adults in Hawaii. And so the um, the leader of the Anime Club was a super cool guy, John Shigaki. 
Love ya. <laughs> Shout out. Still remembers his name. Oh, yeah. You don't forget, Sensei. Dude, you just doxed him. Oh. <laughs> just doxed him. Shut up. Anyways, go on. Oh, anyway, his address yeah. is... um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, the initiation for the anime club was having to do... What I didn't know at the time was a henshin pose. And he had to okay. do the original henshin pose from 1971 for Kamen Rider yeah. Ichigo. You know, like, henshin. Yep. And pose out and then you'd have to jump in the air and say tool and just, say your name he just literally did it beautifully right now <laughs> it's worth it it is worth it that's a power move it is it's a huge flex you know normie's got a uh, got dabs but my brother here he got henshin oh, God, no but the thing is is like it kind of actually is if you could like no that's actually, why i'm saying like if if you go to to something and then you you hit like that if you hard, hit the henshin, like, they'll think you're hitting the dab. No, actually, yes. Yeah, dude. Just I saw a, a video of this dude at a convention at like Anime Expo a few years ago, and he's like wearing his Ichigo costume, and he's with all these Ruby cosplayers, and he does like the henshin pose, and the next photo is all of them dabbing, and I could just like feel his expression from inside the helmet, like, no, that's not right. Okay. Like they thought he was dabbing, and he's just like, no, I'm just I'm doing the pose, dude. Yeah. So, um, so I feel pretty blessed right now please. because I have questions to ask you, right? Like this is the first time, like I. Just I I can full on just talk go right. For it. Go for so it. for me, man, like I've I've never really had the want to go to cons. The idea of being around so many people and lines and things like that, uh, it, it's just not my thing, really, right? But I do want to try one one day. It's just uh, it's a little daunting or tiring for me. Like it's it's energy consuming. But you, dude, like you draw in crowds. Like I how do, do you how do you feel about that? So the first convention that I went to was Kawaii Con over on Oahu in 2013, and um, that was the first time that I'd ever that was you know my first convention you know, and I was there in my first cosplay that I'd made. Kawaii Con in, in Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. It's Kawaii like cute, right? But not Kawaii like the island Kawaii. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> so that's it gets why a I lot of confusion. Clarify. Yeah. Right. Um. So I'm at Kawaii Con and I'm wearing my first costume. It was Common Rider Wizard, Flame Dragon style, beautiful, fun costume. Got completely destroyed on the flight over. I had to fix it in the hotel room. <laughs> you always bring it was twice, right? Yeah, it happened on the way too. there, and yeah. then um on the way back, it got even. It got completely destroyed on the way back. But I'm there. You know, I put my suit on, and it was like the biggest power move walking out of the hotel because we yep. did the same walk so when yep. we were at um, um comic-con honolulu yes uh last year 2019 yeah yeah um you you know you walk to the convention center from the hotel which is like a, a two three minute walk like you right said before right um you just walk through and you walk through the lobby wearing your full costume and it's so great because there's oh, so yeah. many people you're in hawaii so it's like the meeting point of the world you've got people from every demographic checking in checking out wherever watching this like gilded armored Japanese bug man walk through like Chad chest puffed <laughs> out and everything like, Hello. Oh yeah. So the last uh, con that it, we went to together was a uh, 2019 comic con Honolulu. Super. Fun. And you did the same thing where, you know, you're wearing the full costume walking out of the fucking hotel. Meanwhile, we have like three other people in costume as well, but like, you're definitely getting all the eyes, you know, yeah. I like it's crazy. It it's That's crazy. what he was telling me. So like, so funny. I, it's just like, you love, you love it, dude. Right. Like people, it makes you happy and all that for me. Like, it's just kind of, you know what? Is, Actually I, it was oh. four other people in a costume because I was also in costume. I just That's right. About yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, going back to Kawaii con 2013, it was jarring to put it at the very least. I didn't realize how exhausting it was to pose. 
Because, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, you got, I get to the convention center yep. and immediately people start flocking. It was like my first cosplay ever. So I thought it was pretty crappy. And I right. was like, okay. But I mean, even then it's like a, a big thing about cosplay is like, you don't need to be some super high profile professional, quote unquote, professional cosplayer to do it. Anyone can do it. I was oh, like yeah. an absolute nobody back then. And one of the like shining moments of that was when we were walking to the hotel or walking from the hotel to the convention center wearing full Kamen Rider costumes, a uh, Japanese tour bus drove by and this little like boy stuck his head out the window and he was like, <gasps> like his face lit up so hard That's and he awesome. was screaming like, Okasan, Okasan, Kamen Rider Wizard. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I just went and like did like a little like salute. Oh like, man, that must have stuck in that kid's memory. That's fucking oh, awesome. Stuck in mine. <laughs> so so it was like such a gratifying moment. And that's the thing too. It's just like when we were in Comic-Con Honolulu, like, <laughs> the part for Nico was like he was looking out his uh he was looking out of his costume and he couldn't really see much so I had to guide him around. Oh my god. But like how I many times I had to I had to stop you because somebody was trying to wave you down to like oh, and take I couldn't a picture. hear a darn thing. Yeah. But like how many people stopped you? You remember stopping multiple times for like no so reason. So the thing is the first day I didn't take into consideration that the undersuit of the costume that I was wearing was vinyl. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you don't lose you don't disperse any body heat or anything. I almost passed out and I was getting so uh, irritable yeah. on that last day. You guys were chilling at the maid cafe and um, yeah. I like walked in and I was just like haggard, like <sighs> so over it and took my helmet off and someone's like, Oh, can I take a photo? I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. All right, let's get this done. <laughs> Pose next day. You know, you learn to hydrate more and more and it's, it's a process. There's yeah. a, there is an art to cosplaying. It's in, it's interesting. That is pretty neat, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, one of the things, sorry, we'll cut this. One of the parts that was really cool was like, you know, you get, you were getting stopped by like a lot of people, but like a lot of people were having like really genuine reactions where it's just like, oh my God, like how, how'd you make this, this, this and that. It was just like, holy shit, dude, I'm just getting him around. Hold on, let me ask him. <laughs> and I'll just pull out, like just tap on your head and just like, hey, hey. Like knock wants, on wants the helmet. Yeah, I just hear an echo. Oh, what happened? No, yeah, yeah that that actually happened a few times. Yeah. Where, like somebody would ask him a question, I'm just like they're asking how blah blah blah, and then like would he would like, like peel the helmet. He, open. He just I did this. He just yeah. flips around like fighting pose, like just like oh, what's going on? Yeah, no, yeah. But we were uh, <laughs> at the ready. No, and one of the the cool parts was like we were walking around like the artist alley in costume, and like there's this artist uh, CV illustrations that are, like I've been following for like a, a good while. Amazing artist. Yeah, amazing artist. Shout out CV, but love you, man. He like stopped us, and then he was just like, "Hey, can I get your picture?" So like, I kind of got like Nico ready, and then like the guy's just like, "Oh, I want you in there too." I'm just like, "What?" And I was just like, "Oh, he realized what I'm a part of." But yeah, like, the, they like, but they were like both like just like taking like a lot of pictures, and then you ended up on his Snapchat or not his Snapchat, his uh, Instagram story. Yeah. Um, the context is that I was. I was this character, Kamen Rider Evil, and um, Edgar was cosplaying his human, like his untransformed self. Yeah. Uh, Soi, not Shoichi. I'm, I'm thinking of Agato. No, it is, it is Soichi. Oh, Soichi. I'm yeah. thinking Shoichi. No, it's it's Soichi uh, Isurugi, I think. Isurugi, yeah. Isurugi, yeah. yeah. It's like a weird rabbit pun or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And the, the funny thing with CV was actually um, we started to, like, banter a bit, and then I pulled my helmet off, and he was like, wait a minute, I remember you, because I had seen him at uh, Power Morphicon 2018, yeah. the year prior, <laughs> over in California. So it was like from California to Hawaii. Yeah, these people flock everywhere. 
Well, specifically yeah. like that guy, he he hits the major cons over here in Cali, and then he does a lot of the ones in Hawaii as well. Yeah, yeah, because I think he's a Hawaii na- native, right? Yeah, uh, he is. Hawaii has a strangely strong convention scene. It really does. Like a lot of the people that were there were like just regulars to- or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, of course, it's like the tourist appeal too. I mean, imagine you're like a, they have they of course have um you know door tickets as well. Imagine like you're a tourist, you're on vacation in Hawaii and you weren't even expecting it. And then you see like a bunch of like costumed folk and yeah. it's like, all oh, looks like fun. You know, I'll pay 20 bucks to get in for a day. And it, it bring it, it's a, it's a strange draw, but it does bring in quite a few people. Oh yeah. No, it, it does bring in like quite a few people. All right. You guys keep talking about this. I'll be right back. Yes. But yeah, no, it's, it was definitely fun. That was a, that was an awesome trip. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I'd only been to Kauai Con prior to that, so this is yeah. like my my big comeback. I was planning on going the years after, right? But then I ended up moving from Hawaii. Yeah, no, but I mean, <laughs> before all this like shit like kicked off, oh, the it, current the, state of things, yeah, yeah, you were planning on making this your year for this cosplay. was going to be the biggest year. I had so many conventions already paid for and planned out. I was going to be at um at Sakura Con, yep, over in uh, Seattle. I uh, had Anime Expo, Star Wars Celebration, uh, Power Morphicon, of yep. course. And then I think I was going to go hit up. Um, so there's Amazing Comic Con Honolulu and then Amazing Hawaii Comic Con. They're two okay. different conventions. Shit, um, they, right. Yeah, everyone tries to bank on having comic and con in the same yeah. word because, you know, it, it's the draw of, oh, Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. They're not affiliated with Comic Con. Um, but I was going to be going to Hawaii at the end of this year. So right. I had like. What that's like four, yeah, just about that's four. Like five conventions, yeah. But even then, like that's a lot of money. Even like one convention is oh yeah, a it's wallet a lot. Drainer. Yeah. So I had five, and I was like, these were all paid for, hotels were secured, flights were booked, and then all this stuff happened. And I mean, of course, like thankfully, I think I got um a few rollovers, so I'm going to be going to SakuraCon next year, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Anime Expo, you know, refund and Power Morphicon moved to a later date next year as well, actually, over in June instead of August of this year. Might be doable, actually. Yeah. I mean, if the if the current state of the world improves, which I hope crossed, so. Yeah, again, man. going super off topic. Anime, a- anime club. <laughs> oh, you hit <laughs> that pose. pose. Yeah. Hit that pose. And then, you know, you do that. Say your name. And um, during it, you know, we're just watching anime. And I was like, cool, I like anime. You know, I watched The Big O when I was growing up and stuff. Yeah. I did too. Shout out to The Big O. Big O's good. <laughs> Roger Smith, the <laughs> negotiator. <laughs> um, and during all of it, he put on... So this was back in 2009. Yeah. So Decade had already ended at this point and Double had already begun. Kamen Rider that Decade being, yeah. and Kamen Rider Double. Um, and he put on a clip from Kamen Rider Decade and it was a few writers fighting and I was just looking at it like... What is this? So already at this point, I had a huge, like, I was enamored by, like, Halo stuff. And I was already in the Halo costuming community for, like, about a year or two. He said the magic word. Halo. Halo. I love Halo. Halo's great, dude. (laughs) We're going to have to talk about this in a bit, but you you keep going. Yeah, Yeah. it's the aesthetic that drew me in. And, I mean, to this day, I still love. I have to show you that one then. I actually made an entire Spartan 3 suit from Reach. No, you didn't. That was my, uh, so in Hawaii, we have. No, you didn't. I don't know if they do these. Do they do senior projects in the mainland? I don't know Uh, what that means. they They do. They do. Okay, so it's. Well, you don't know what that means, and you do, so (laughs) a quick primer for at least Hawaii, the way that Hawaii does it. It's very old-fashioned. In your last half year to graduate, you need to do this. 
um, oh no, it's the other way around. It starts graduate the, from what, like high school? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. To get your diploma, um, right. you have to do a senior project. So you have to go and find a a mentor, and you have to apprentice under them for about half a year, and you have to learn a new skill or trade, and then you have to do a presentation of said skill or trade um, to a to a board of it's like one staff member from the school and like three staff members from the local community. That's crazy. It's very, very dated, but it's yeah. so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I got perfect marks on my whole thing. So I know how to make armor, but I did not know at the moment. I did not know how to sew. So I went um, and I found a, a, a seamstress on Island and um, you know, I studied under her. I took the bus every day or every, every weekend on my precious time off from school awesome. <laughs> all the way to the other side of the Island. Um, and Beautiful. I learned how to sew thanks to this like very talented woman and um, learned all that. I made all the soft parts of the Spartan suit. So all like the patterned undersuit pieces and all that out of the, like, I did that at her place, you know, when I was like learning how to do all that patterning and sewing stuff and the armor at mine. And then I went presented my thing and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm Nico. This is my project. Like, here's the fruits of my labor. Here's what I learned how to do. And then you got to give like a little like PowerPoint presentation, like a light speech. And then you do that and you are set for graduation. And you're telling me that your presentation was a halo. It was a full Spartan three from reach um, Spartan three suit. Oh, my heart. (laughs) Yeah, it was so funny. I got I've got the photo. I'll I'll have to bring it up my phone. You're going to have to show me that. Um, It was my friend modeling it. And we were in the AV room of the school and he like had to go into the back of the server room to change. So he like went back there, put the undersuit on and I helped him get everything on. And in the end it looked, it looked great. You know, like the proportions of it were all completely on point. And he was like, I felt so powerful wearing it. And all I had to do was stand there and like do like a spin, you know, like, like a 360. And the judges of course were just like, Whoa, (laughs) yeah, Halo man. Um, so I was in Halo for a bit. So I already like, was into the idea of making suits. I've also made, um, I made an ODST costume. That was the first okay. costume that I ever made. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> I've got a photo of that somewhere too. That seems a little bit simpler. Much. Yeah. And a Spartan three suit. Mm-hmm. A Spartan regularly yeah. is like crazy, but the ones in reach were just so much more aesthetically. Like there was so much there, more going there was a, on. Yeah. I was about to say, there's a lot more detail. There's a lot like, louder. Like the bumps design and like the shape of the everything. Helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Like at, what is it? The, the Mark five or no, the Mark four. It's just that really kind of, easy visor like with the little slits on the side oh just like the classic that's one like yeah. the first one yeah yeah yeah. Like and the then you halo go to like one. mark five for halo i think mark five for halo two or is a mark six i can't even i don't know but he, so he gets long. like the little cap and yeah the it, little the little brim and yeah. that's like the more iconic look <laughs> yankee no brim <laughs> yankee no brim <laughs> oh man oh no yeah but anyways dude that's amazing yeah but halo is amazing i love halo dude you were just waiting to bring up halo huh dude he Wait. said halo he right. triggered I'm gonna, me. I'm going to backpedal this just a second. Then go, we'll get go, the on, halo. go on, go on. So I see, we're watching a clip from Kamen Rider Decade, and I just, um, I see the character Kamen Rider D end. And I was like, is that Optimus Prime? That was my first thought. Because he, he has like that same kind of like mouth plate look. Right. And then, you know, Sensei Shigaki's like, no, that's a Kamen Rider. And I was like, a Kamen, what? Then I went and looked it up and it was, it went all downhill from there. From 2009 to this very day, I've watched. I was about to say, I <laughs> went downhill. From yeah, me. I was like 2014. <laughs> I started mine, and like I haven't seen every single season like you have, but I got a good dent in there. Yeah, I'm still yet to get into the ones from like the 70s, but I mean, this series started back in 1971. Like this is like oh, yeah. the 
the pre We're playing catch up for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. I've but only I mean, watched snippets of whatever he's watched. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's got a bigger like media influence than I feel like it gets credit for. You definitely, know? you you definitely see like a lot of little things, especially like in Western cartoons, like where they put in like little nods or references, and it's strange. I always think of like, the one from Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, when Timmy's so watching TV. Inside, yeah, explain yeah. that to me. So please. inside Channel Chasers, when they're doing the Maho Mushi thing, there's like a bunch of like little anime characters that flash. If you right. stop on one of the frames, it's a picture of Kamen Rider V three. He's the guy with like the green suit and like. Red, white, and green is yeah, yeah, red, white, and, green. and then he's doing a handstand with like his legs like above his head, and it's weird because it's just like, how do you it's know about straight this? Straight up, just V three, but he's like redone to be pink. Oh so yeah, it's one of the animators who was working on the. I show. was gonna say yeah. we, we're not gonna credit this to Butch Hartman, right? Oh, yeah. definitely yeah. not. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. But know, it's though. just like. <laughs> Some secret fan, like some secret fan, just making it. Yeah, I mean, he probably just like probably the animation notes were like just put random characters on TV, and they're like, oh, I'll just you know stuff a little V three in there. Then all right, super cool. If you know, you know. It's crazy because you see it inside like Japanese media, of course, because they're you know growing up on the same culture. Mm. But you see it especially with uh, Dragon Ball Z. The Great Saiyan Man is a reference to Rider Man Mm -hmm. uh, being from Kamen Rider V three. Okay, like like a seventy nineteen seventy three series, and it's just like it's wild because how long like how long after that's like a good twenty years after, and here he is, just a small reference to small like what you would think is small, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you get like people who like live in in Japan, and these things are like. What's the way of like? What's the way that I'm trying to phrase this? I feel like, in at least in the states, like media right. doesn't have the same influence that it does over there. Like you think of things like the Great Japanese Earthquake, and like a lot of them are like, yeah, you know, I came together because my strong sense of justice was instilled in me as a kid. Like people who have like seen these things from the 70s, you know, you got Kamen Rider and Super Sentai, that they're not so much like TV shows as they are like a cultural personification, I guess, of the strong sense of justice and unity. I, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. It, it's, it's it's interesting. You know, in, in America, you get Power Rangers, and it's like, yeah, let's go beat up that stinky monster. <laughs> and then in Japan, it's like, oh, let's teach you some, like, serious fucking values of life and stuff. And so like, so one of the stories that, like, I always think of is back in Super Sentai, they were going to do this anniversary series called uh, Kaizoku Sentai Gokaiger. Uh, so during the time that they were going to start filming this show... There was a huge earthquake inside Japan, and the that's what an earthquake, the Great yeah. Japanese earthquake. Yeah. yeah, it was the big one. And what ended up happening was like a lot of the old actors that were not set to have a cameo in that show, since it was an anniversary series, they all got together on Twitter and they're just like, "Hey, right now, Japan, what Japan needs most is superheroes, so people cannot think about tragedy." Mm-hmm. So a lot of them came back, and you know, we're trying to be there for the adults that are watching it with their children. To yeah. be referenced, because that's how long it's been going on, you know? Like, when you think about it, this is a show that's been running since, I mean, Rider's been going since 71, and Sentai's been going since, I think, 73 or 75. I think it was 75. Yeah, so it's like... It's five years behind. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So it's like, these these things are like hard hitters, you know? They've got a lot of weight. Yeah. Not to mention, like, it's strange because, you know, Super Sentai ended up being adapted into uh, Power Rangers in the States, but, like... Super Sentai itself, like in its second or third season, wasn't it? Got bailed out by Marvel so they could continue going. Yeah. And they made the uh they made a series together called Battle Fever J. Oh yeah. And they also did a Tokusatsu like 
if you've ever seen Japanese Spider-Man, that's where it comes from. Spider-Man. Like, yeah, Spider-Man. Who's they, gonna be in the next uh, in the next uh, Spider-Verse movie? Which is great. He's I'm, I'm so happy. I heard about that. Yeah, it was pretty happy. But I mean, in general, I'm just happy they're making a second one, dude. Oh, that, oh yeah. yeah, I love that movie. It was a great. It was so a great good. movie. Story, artistic, mm-hmm. acting. It was like the the holy grail of mm-hmm. all those things. Oh coming yeah, together. I, I was surprised like how how well they were able to pull in like all these different like themes into it and like different art styles and into it, it to make it like, yeah, so cohesive. Like, yeah. It's wild. Wonderful. Movie. One thing that I'm hearing people like that I'm hearing people online say is that they hope that Supida man is either like super photorealistic CG <laughs> or they actually just have like a guy like just acting against a background, like a green screen. Background. Oh, that'd be oh great. God. So like the, the way that I could see them doing that is like, he's moving in like 20, like, 12 frames per second. Oh, so he's 24, like 24 frames per second because most movies are uh, 28.97 or something like that. I, I said 24 because I thought it was 24. <laughs> it might be 24 actually. Yeah. I think you're closer, but either way, like he's moving like half the speed. So like you see him kind of like, cause inside spider verse, they are moving 12 frames per second. Yeah. Like you could see that they're like a little choppy and they do a little pauses, but that's just the artistic, but that's, choice, that's yeah. our sixth artistic choice. But I'm just saying like for him to fit it, like fit into the theme uh-huh. it's literally just him on green screen but he's moving at the same oh, frame like speed as cut, everyone cut else speed down yeah, yeah. Oh, i would love so that funny it's wild it like it's just weird that like japanese superheroes get saved by american superheroes but then like they end up capitalizing a lot off of it because of uh japanese supply demand uh you end up getting the megazord which comes from his series for oh some really? Reason. Yeah, yeah it's, Le- it's Leo Pardon. Leo Pardon. He had a transforming what, giant leopard Zord. What I want to know is where the spider jeep. No. So here, here's the thing, no spider jeep. Oh no, no, it's a spider buggy. Yeah, it's like a car. It's like yeah. a sedan. I, <laughs> spider hatchback. <laughs> spider hatchback. He's over here in his Civic. Yeah, Spider Man's <laughs> just uh, you know ripping ripping corners and ripping drifting. Yeah. The the other thing too is just like, so. You got rice or Spider-Man. Yeah, Tokyo Drift just starts up. <laughs> so, like, imagine him taking that, that though, he's he's doing a sick drift, right? Mm-hmm. But then you find out that he's just using his webs to make himself drift, so he's not really even drifting. That's not cheating. I don't know about that. That's I, not cheating, I'm dude. I'm pretty sure it's cheating. Nah, dude. If Spider-Man wills it, dude, and he can do, if you can do the drift in any way... It's not cheating. So you're man. saying That's if just, you're saying if I was drifting and I was super strong and I just like stuck my arm out and grab onto a telephone pole, that's not cheating. No, that's not cheating because you're Holy super shit. strong and you're able to do it. You know, you at that point, I deserve it. Yeah, exactly. You, you deserve to be the best drifter ever, dude. Like if you're like curving, if you're like doing drifts down a mountain, dude, and you just take your hand outside of the car and stick it right in the gravel and just grab that shit and take <laughs> that turn like super hard, like anime style. You fucking deserve to be the king of drift. Fuck, talk to me. Here I come. Initial <laughs> D's fifth stage is going to be me, dude. I'm oh. sorry. Was that a mandatory fun time argument? Because that sounds like we both agreed on that. Yeah, why not? Let me <laughs> let me get another W under my belt. You guys heard it here. Edgar with another W. <laughs> oh, my God. Dunking on Josh while he's not even in this episode. But, yeah, man. I don't know. Tokusatsu is crazy. It's, it is. It's, like, it's a passion. I've never, like thought of getting a tattoo until I got into tokusatsu and now I'm like legit thinking of being that white guy with the kanji tattoos on his arm. Oh, I'm not yeah. I'm not going to be any kind of poser here. I'll tell you guys straight up, it's not my cup of tea. But listening to you guys or seeing you guys enjoy it by itself is fascinating. 
I think it's, it's, I think it's great, dude. It's crazy because you get like kind of like a nostalgic feeling, right? Just watching these shows that you didn't grow up on, but like you could definitely feel like the history kind you of. You can feel the era. era, like when you're watching a show that's like when, like when I was watching *Kamen Rider Kuga*, that was right. filmed in 1999 to 2000, and it feels like it, like everything about it, you know. And I was about to say, like the other thing too that's nice about it is like every season has its own flavor. Very like, much so. It it can go from one serious season where it's like about like this cop trying to find like the murderer of his father, and it's just like. It's just like, holy shit. And then the next episode's, uh, or the next season is about some kid that gets hit, like killed by a ghost and it fucking sucks. Hey, it's just really bad. Don't be mean. All right. Ghost dude, wasn't that bad. I got to get ghost. a little bit personal here with you. So if you right. don't feel comfortable answering these questions, you don't have to, but I just got to ask. Okay. So with these people who do cosplay, like I'm going to use these two people as an example, please. There's pro Jared and Datto. If you know who Dado is, he's a Destiny streamer, a YouTuber. He does a lot of, of, of videos on Destiny. And then there's Pro Jared, um, yeah. who does a bunch of retro videos and stuff like that. Both of them do cosplay, but what I've seen at the end of the day, they love dressing up like women. Are you into that? Would you do that? Would you do a cosplay as a woman? You yes. do like these super hardcore manly like cosplays. When do I get to see you in a, in a, in a female sailor outfit? You don't even know. I'm I am trying to get in better shape, and one of my longtime cosplay dreams is both Bayonetta because I love Bayonetta, okay. or um or Lady Five if you ever played Dragon Guard Three. And now Five the Intoner. Now let me add this on, right? I'm People no can't shame. see you, but you got a marvelous beard. Are you keeping the beard while doing the cosplay? Oh <laughs> man! If not, you have to at least keep it. Until the day before, the day of, the, the, or the Not day to before, mention, like the full dress body up and shave, in, take a picture and send it to me. <laughs> then you can, then you can shave. Fucking beard Onetta. Yeah, dude, I got to see it. That's strong. But that's awesome. He answered the question. He would do it. Oh, not even. There's no delay. There's no doubt in my mind whatsoever. I'm not in any way uncomfortable with like my identity or ever. No, that's whatever. totally cool. Or who I am. Like I will do that confidently. I will walk around a convention floor strutting my stuff being like, oh, if you want to learn how to <laughs> talk to a lady, you should ask your mom. Hell yeah, fucking, dude. Like, six inch wedges. <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, I guess kind of expanding on that. It feels like it's kind of like a, a next level thing when you do cosplays like because I mean, like you said, you're proud of it and you strut it and stuff like that. And I like I said, I see this trend where like these people start off cosplaying like this and then they eventually go to that. Mm -hmm. Do you think do you think that's kind of like what they want to end up doing stuff like that? Or it's just like you got to be into it to want to do that. I don't know, man. That's a that's a loaded. Yeah, I know. Right. Question. It's weird. So like in the in the phrasing of like, uh, basically like it's like dressing up like that is end level cosplay. Oh, a, like okay, like if you like if I wanted to be Bayonetta, like I'm taking the steps to get to that point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like for some people it's a confidence thing. Like if you're gonna if you want to go and dress up as like Sailor Moon or something, maybe you would test the waters first and like do a few years as like, oh, I'm a I'm a vault tech guy. Look at me. Look at my little silly jumpsuit. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, people like that. I like that. Yeah, getting back to like the original question. Yeah, me and Nico really do share a bond over Tokusatsu. <laughs> Quite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've seen my collection. I've 
you've seen me lend things to Nico so he can model and just kind of, you know, make into full scale shit. And oh, like, yeah, you, getting it's stuff been for coming out like really nice, dude. I know. You're That's like, like the thing is like, I don't want to sound heavy headed or anything, but it's like when you are able to look back and acknowledge your own skill. Like when you're like, I am getting stronger. <laughs> it's power it's like, that's, grows, a, that's a good feeling, dude. It is. It it's really an is. excellent feeling. Oh, yeah. No, like good it's, boy. it's fucking wild because like I landed on like one of my toys, right? And he was going to like upscale and stuff. And I didn't see like what the end result was until I got to Comic-Con with him. And oh, that's right. The uh, the Evil driver. Yeah. So I lent him that and like, mind you, this is like. It took forever to ship, but when it finally got to your house, Dude, like that was like you got hell. to it. it. Usually, like things to to ship something to Hawaii, it takes like maybe a few days. You know, ground like a uh, ground service isn't even bad. Like going across the ocean. Yeah. But dude, when he sent this box for some reason, like he got super overcharged, and I'm very certain they stuffed it on a container ship. Oh yeah, I'm sure they did too. But it was like. A hundred dollar like shipping too. And I was just like Fuck, for a tiny wow. ass little box. It was ridiculous. Yeah. When he told me that, I was just like, uh, what? <laughs> no, I think I, I just went to the wrong place. I should have just went somewhere else. Yeah. That, that's just what it was at the end. But either way, it's like I saw it like full scale, like compared to the tiny scale that it was for the actual toy. It's just like, holy shit, dude. Like this looks fucking great. Yeah. Mind you, contextually. So um, these shows, of course, they're like they're in essence Nowadays, at least, especially, they're like glorified toy commercials. Oh, you know, you're definitely. trying to push a product, but it's a product with a with a good story. It's a soap opera. <laughs> it is. A lot of the time, it is a good story, though. Yeah, no. It is. No, it and, is. Um, so, a lot, I mean, these are being marketed towards, like, younger audiences. So, it's, like, usually the, the toys of the things they use in the show, namely the belts and the gimmick items, they're pretty small. So, it's, like, this is, like, built for, like, a Japanese kid. So. Oh, yeah, it's meant for, like, a seven, eight-year-old eight kind of yeah. thing. Like I never thought tiny. about that because I always just associated with a middle, with a, a middle teen or 20-year-old. Yeah, 20-year-old. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. But it's, like, even in show, there's, like, a more of a prop size that they use because, I mean, they don't want to have, like, full-grown adults who are wearing these costumes wear these dinky-ass little tiny things. Mm-hmm. So, I go and I, like... You resize in, it to like a very specific. Well, yeah. yeah. So up until recently, they have detail books they that they do with these series. So they'll like detail like, oh, this is like this prop size. This is what materials we used. And they'll have like quotes and um, paragraphs from like the costume designers and even from the suit actors. Right. Who are like, oh, yeah, you know, this was a really hard suit to wear because it pinched me on the ribs. But I fought through it. And, um, you know, only more recently, like within like the last like three or four years, they've been including sizing details. So it's like, right. oh, you know, this sword is 91 centimeters from tip to this part right here. And you can kind of use that to reverse engineer. Before I would find out the actor's height and I'd be like, OK, I know this guy is five foot ten. He's in this suit. I know that the shoes are giving him this much lift. I know that the helmet goes to this part of his head. I can like find out his exact height, the height of the suit. And I reverse engineered all that to get like the size of the props. I'll even look like when they're holding it in their hands and oh, I'll yeah. like put my own hand out and I'll be like, I'll kind of like feel out the air and be like, okay, you know, it kind of fit like that. And specifically for common writer X aid, um, I did all my math and I did all that stuff. And the number that I got for this one item was that it was 17.9 centimeters. And then I got the art book and I was like, Oh, I started to translate it and it was 18 centimeters. And I was like, there you're really close. You're like 0. 0.1 off. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty Quite okay literally. with that. Yeah. Wow. No, like it's it's, it's wild, like, and That's, like seeing the the stuff that you print out too, like in real life, like right, like touching it and stuff, and feeling it, like it's crazy, it's wild. Because I is have it like pretty the, light. 
Yeah, well, yeah, no, it's it, it really cuts off the um, cuts down on the weight of it because I mean I'm printing a hollow object with like a slight grid pattern on the inside. Okay, like fifteen percent of it is filled in. Uh-huh. So it's just a big empty thing of like space, which is great when you're cosplaying because right. you don't want to be weighed down by a bunch of stuff. I see people who go and they cosplay wearing full metal costumes, uh-huh. like especially with the Mandalorian yeah. out now. You know, people will do like the full Beskar Mandalorian with actual eighteen gauge steel, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, that's like a freaking like. Oh, you're, you're, you're killing costume. yourself. You're killing yourself, especially with the heat. Like oh, you're asking gosh. for it. Yeah. But when uh, you you get a lot of people asking you to build them things then all the time, all the time, yeah. but they must pay a pretty penny then. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is you never want to undersell. You don't, you don't want to undersell yourself in this industry because people will like take advantage of that. And uh-huh. back in the past, I used to be horrible with underselling myself. I learning. would make entire helmet 3d models for like, Twenty dollars. I'd be like, okay, give me a twenty. Like, buy me lunch, and I'll like work my ass off for this. Uh-huh. And now I'm more at the range of like, okay, you know, give me two hundred. And the thing is, people will pay for quality things. So you know, you get up to that level, you keep working your skills up. I literally do 3D stuff every single day of my life. Not a single day. It's like Beeple. You know Beeple. I He's the guy that puts those weird renders up every day. Like you'll see the ones where it's like. The giant Trump and there's like the Lysol needles in his arms. And no, stuff. I need to check that out. The, the closest thing Beeple. that I can tell you I, I've seen is going to be Oni when he puts up like his weird models. Oh, yeah. His oh, sweetie stuff. Yeah. stuff. They're, they're so funny. But that's the closest thing. I think that's what you're kind of saying, right? Like this guy does. Yeah. He just does a render every single, but he's, he does it every single day without yeah. fail. And he's been doing it for the last, like, I think like seven years or something, maybe okay. I don't, longer or shorter, man. Like, I need to get stuff. on that train. Um, like, you know, starting to create things. You just need to seriously, you just do something every single day. My younger sister, um, I, I'm not that very good at drawing, mm-hmm. especially organics. Like I can't do faces or people or anything. I can draw like a decent pair of, ar- pair of, pair of underwear, <laughs> decent nice, pair of dude. armor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, but she used to, when she was like five, she would just spend a whole day drawing noses, a whole day drawing eyes. And then one day she'd like draw a face. And I was like, how? The f-? And then I was like, oh no, but you know, cause you drill it in. Yeah. So you're, every you're getting day, that practice and yeah. yeah, every day I go in, I think they say you have to do something for like, yeah, like 10, I hours. literally knew he was going to start saying this. Yeah, there's a certain amount of hours where, where you have it's to It's something like 10,000 or like 1,000 hours, and then, you, and then you're, you're like master. a master at it. And I think I definitely hit that master point of 3D nice. five years ago <laughs> with how many hours I put in <laughs> And you're every still improving day. every day. Every Dude, seriously, every day you learn something new. And like I always keep a notebook in front of my computer, actually. Because when I'm working on a model, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I can't think of it right. And I'll go and I'll draw it out. I'll draw like, okay, maybe the the topology should try like looking like this. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's the solution I was looking for. It's, it's a very involved process, but it's fun. Yeah. And it's fun to me. I was about to say like it, if you have your heart in the right place while you're doing it, like it does sound like fun. It shows like, especially you who spends all day, every day doing it quite damn. You're a very inspirational man. <laughs> Living I just the love dream. what I do. Yeah. That's awesome. I live and learn, man. So uh, hanging on the edge of tomorrow. Yes. Let's talk about that Halo stuff. Halo. Yes. Yeah. So, so I used to have real quick. I used to have notoriety in the I haven't been um, in the Halo community for a while now. Mm-hmm. But back in the uh, early 2000s or the late 2000s, sorry, early 2000s, early 2010s. I would never say that I had a high no- no- notoriety about it, but everything about the story and the, the, you know, the character himself and the music and stuff, just it's the setting masterful, just amazing stuff. Um, I think, I think back then people viewed Halo as that, like, 
generic Call of Duty shooty bang bang stuff, but I give it so much more credit in terms of the world building and stuff that they did for it. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't think that's what Halo is, but uh, on with that, do you love Metroid? By the way, yeah. Okay, because I don't know why, but like, off topic favorite game, or I guess on that topic, my favorite game is a uh, Fusion. That's the thing about Nico, dude. He he's got good taste. He's got. Yeah, dude, are you got good taste? Like, trust me? me. Like, why do you think I swear by this man? Oh man, I like to think that I'm a very like, not well informed. What's the word? Not esoteric. I'm a very thoroughly steeped person in a lot of different fans. The way I see it is, is you've become a more individualized in the right way. I yeah. guess I don't. I, it's really hard to say. Cause you get a lot of people who have like the same opinions about things and like, they don't really, they don't really like have good reasons NPCs, for what yes. they have that, that I, you know, that, that idea in their head for. But when you hear something like that, I like Metroid fusion, something that like at the first, in the first place, most people don't say they like Metroid all too much. Right. Mm-hmm. But then to say that fusion is your favorite one, dude, it is. Oh, I've you, played all the prime games. I've played all the handheld ones. I even played um, Federation Force, which wasn't half bad. I have not played that. It, where can you find that game? 3DS. No, I mean, like, where can... Oh. I, have you ever looked at a shelf at a GameStop or anywhere and no. seen it? No. Huh. Other M, I'm starting to get scared that you can't find other M easy. And I know, I, I know, I know really you guys liked, have it. Yeah, I really liked other M also, but Fusion still takes the cake for like my favorite. I one. love Fusion, dude. I played that game. I still do like like runs all the time for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was um, it's kind of weird like how I came across it because I wasn't the biggest Metroid fan. I'm still not the biggest Metroid fan, but I like it. The lore is fun. The designs are beautiful. It to was me, it's in, all about the music, and the music is excellent it's too. So atmospheric, yes. Oh, it's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can seriously, like I, whenever I work on stuff for 3D, I'll usually put like a podcast or like something, some kind of ambient thing in the background that you can just kind of like tune your brain out to. Right. Metroid music is so great. It is it, like Skytown, fucking Skytown. I think from from Metro Prime Three, Prime Three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, that is so some good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, over the overworld theme for Talon Four. Oh my god, it's beautiful. I love it. Oh my god! I'm loving the, this. Uh, submerged ship from. It's also Metro Prime One, unless no, there's. I there's, think it's Prime One. There's another. Yeah, it's, it is. There's a submerged ship in in Metro Prime One, but I think there's another one in like. There Super is Metroid. one in few, Yeah, it's, it's Super one Metroid. I think it's Super Metroid that I'm thinking of. Where you but it's not a submerged tune. ship. It's just like an abandoned one. Yeah. On Z, I think, on you know, yeah, the submerged ship is Metroid. Uh, is a Prime Number One. Number One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the uh, I think it's the theme from Prime Two. Ooh yeah. Ooh. <laughs> like super the, like the heavy. really industrial heavy music yeah, oh, I love yeah. That. man um, so yeah good. yeah so metroid real like the weird primer of me getting into it was i got my 3ds i got a the first edition 3ds way back when the the smoked black one uh-huh um and when i got it i i think that's because um yeah the 3ds sales initially they were really shit right yeah they I were so, and yeah. oh you were part of the ambassador program yes and so they gave me like I think it's like a hundred. It was a hundred dollars of credit because they cut the price of the 3ds by a hundred bucks the following year. And then they were like, okay, you know, as a as a, as an ambassador, we're going to give you guys access to like 16 game boy advanced games and no one will ever get to download ever again. And Metroid prime fusion was part of it. Yes. Um, it was like, I think it was in essence that you were able to download, like, I think it was four or five games out of this, out of like 20 different games. Yeah. Um, and I think if you got like NES classic games, then you got like two, like you would get like more value for those. Like you can get like eight of those or like four Game Boy Advance ones. Something, it was something weird like that. I thought they just had like a, a full list that you could just 
have all of them. You could only have so many. Oh, okay. so I had to kind of pick and choose. I and, got on the ride when the red one came out and Star Fox came out. Yeah. That's why I wanted a 3DS. Mm-hmm. So I did, I wasn't part of the ambassador program. Oh man, yeah. So it was like a, it was like a weird little surprise because I was perfectly happy with like just having it, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, 3D. I was playing Face Raiders. And Way too this, often. And then this beautiful bastard was introduced to Metroid Fusion. Yeah. Um, I had gotten, I had redeemed like a few games. I got like Super Mario Brothers, the original one, uh, Zelda 2. Tell me you got Wario Land. I, I don't know if I no. did, but um, but Metroid Fusion caught my eye for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I haven't played a Metroid game ever. So I was like, fuck it. Um, and I got it. Actually, I might have played other M, but um, it was my younger brother who was way more into that stuff than I was. Yeah. And so I got it and I just drilled through the whole thing. And I was like, wow, I've never like, I never thought like a Game Boy Advance game could be atmospheric that yeah. I could get so sucked in. And when the SAX comes in, it's the actually room, terrifying, dude. It is. Oh, it's so well for a, fucking for a Game Boy Advance yeah. game. Yeah, dude. I remember clenching cheek. Oh, trying so to hard. run away and not knowing. you know, at the end of the day, when you go back to it, it's actually pretty scripted, but it's still, it still hits nothing, so good. Nothing like tops that first playthrough yeah. and having no idea like, oh, this like, and especially seeing that first like f- that close up cut scene of it yeah. like, with the dead white eyes mm-hmm. and I was like, oh. And then you find out there's like the one that you meet at first isn't the only one in the building and they're all manifesting like different oh, SAXs like chasing you down. that was like the scariest shit. Dude, that like your, your, your robot uh, Adam is like telling you, Hey dude. So like, you think this was the only one like, nah, dude, they're manifesting throughout the whole station and they're looking for you it's and you scary. are not prepared to fight them. It really does like for being, you know, not to sound like a broken record for like being a game boy advance game. It does drill in that feeling of dread and loneliness. Like I'm the only like person on this aside from those weird fucking like ex parasite yeah. zombie dudes. But you're like the only person, the only conscious person on this and there's all these things looking for you. Dude, it's such a primal think, fear. Think about like the two anxieties you get. The first one, you walk into the freezer and you see Ridley frozen there. Ugh. And then the second one, when you're walking through like the, um, I think it's another freezer area, but like you see in the background, uh, that sludge monster, what's his name? Uh, it's, it's like a, it's a name for a horror, uh, phalanx. No, not phalanx. It, it, it was literally named like, uh, something like atrocity or something like that. I forgot what the name was, but it's always flying in the back. And you never know what it is. And then when you find it, it's that gravity monster where like the more you blast off its face, it starts melting and stuff. And it like the song is all distorted. Yeah. Like there's off beats in the, in the music that just makes it sound so unnatural, but at the same time, frightening as fuck. Yeah. It's really well done. I mean, it's, it's, this kind of like goes back to earlier, like before this recording, we were talking about the the PS five, you mentioned it like in passing, Mm -hmm. but it made me think, um, that I was talking to somebody the other day and we were like, it's super boomery sounding, but like looking back on like the N64 and stuff. And it's like, of course, you know, games don't feel as like, I don't know, satisfying, mm-hmm. gratifying in a weird way. I do agree. Because that, yeah. the graphical limitations were like an art in their own. Cause you had to work around. Like I can only do so much with this space nowadays. Like everything is hyper realistic and everything is like, Oh, look at the skin pores look at every individual rendered hair and this is only in regular gameplay. I feel like we've become very complacent with having photorealism. The setting I've heard, I mean the, the, the saying I've heard is, uh, limiting, uh, being limited creates, well, I mean, creativity, right? Something like that. 
you know, if, if, I know, if you yeah, only I know, have yeah. something to, so much to work with, it gets you thinking all the possibilities. You have to really to be work creative. Around it. It's like the kind of coding they would do back in the N64 days. Yeah, Even have you like, like the assets and stuff? Like have so you, many things being reused. Have you heard about David Wise and everything he had to go through just to get all that music in Donkey Kong Country to work? Oh my god! Like no. he had to he had to write down all the programming for every little bit and bite of all the music he was composing. It's crazy, dude. It really is. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's and it really does sound like I'm just like talking out my ass from nostalgia. But like on the oh, other dude. end, like you play an N64 game and it's like wow. Mm-hmm. This was something different. So, uh, again, we, we veered off again. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Always. It's, all, it's all great. I was trying to say that for some reason for me, like Halo and Metroid, like just they have like the kind of almost the same aesthetic. I'm not saying completely the same. One's more military, like straight up. Oh, yeah, like but it's science got that, fiction. that sci-fi. One's more like, fantasy sci-fi. Yeah. But I always felt like there was a relationship between both of them. And I love both of them, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, but Halo, yeah, man, like... Uh, I just wanted to explain this one story. One of the greatest moments in my life, and I know this sounds pretty lame to some people, I bet, but it was having LAN parties. Like, I had a LAN party where we had, like, four, I think, like, five or six TVs set up, all Xboxes, four, no, yeah, it must have been four TVs because it was 16 players, all in the same room, dude, going ham, one of the greatest experiences ever. We, you can't have that anymore. And it really, really sucks. Though, yeah. We had like that gigabit switch modem thing <laughs> with all the Xboxes connected together. Everyone screaming at you, get, get in my Warhawk, get my Warhawk and stuff. It was, it was so awesome. I love that game, dude. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of on that note, when I'm, when I think about like land parties and such for uh, halo. So, um, you know, I, was, I went to school in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> and we had the AV room, um, you know, the computer lab, and uh, I had a friend who's now like a super high manager over at like Office Max or something here on the mainland. Computer whiz, absolute genius. Like this guy was like, like the total like stereotypical nerd, like Cookie from Nets Declassified, but like real <laughs> and Chinese. Um, <laughs> Chinese, I like that. <laughs> and um, so one day, you know, he went and just like fucking punched into like the main admin's computer. And was like, okay, I'm going to give Halo 1 to every, like, every computer in this room. And he did that, and we would just, I was so bad in freshman year, we would just cut class every day. Cut class, go to the AV room, go to the West Lab, and just play Halo 1. Oh, man, wow. you know what? Okay, Ed, Ed, Edgar should already know this, right? But, so, you've heard of A+, right? It's basically, like, a program where, like, if you fail the class, you can take a computer course to make up that that failed class in high oh, school. Oh, no, but so I'll have to come back on this, but um, remind me about the uh, ALS. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I got past all uh, all of high school without any problems and, and all that stuff. But uh, so I didn't get to experience this, but I was a catalyst in making this happen where at the time I really wanted to play Halo PC and my brother was in high school and he had to take some of those classes to make up, you know, grades and stuff like that. I was already, you know, me and Edgar have been friends for a good long while. Oh, yeah. And he would always get me anything that I'd ask. Don't ask how he did it. Legally. Was, <laughs> yeah, completely completely legally. legally, he he would get me things, okay? No questions asked. Anyway, so I told him, dude, I really miss playing Halo. Is there any way you can get me a copy of Halo? On PC, that is. He did. And for a while, you know, I was just playing it by myself. But my brother, he also loved it. And we got we got him uh, the USB stick with, with no. it on there. He took it to school. Fuck. And that that's 
that game spread like wildfire throughout the whole class. You dude. got the one USB stick with like the with the like the launcher on it or something. At the end like, of the day, it yeah. wasn't even from the USB stick. They were just file sharing with oh, each other, yeah. and uh, they had people like he would tell me, dude, like you know, class is popping off right now, dude. We're all playing Halo. Like I just jumped into this random room and it's this dude on the other side of the campus playing Halo. It's crazy. <laughs> Good times, man. Good times. It's wild. But so. I mean, yeah, I'm happy that like. I was able to contribute to something greater. Have oh, you yeah. made it happen? I, like I that. made it happen. It's just like and they're handing like that little bad STD. Yeah, it's, it's like I'm God holding out a little USB <laughs> stick, and I'm just like, here, here you, you are, are, my child. Halo Chromebat evolved. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thinking of that A plus program reminds me of in Hawaii. We have ALC, not ALS. Oh, ALC, okay. right? ALS is a disease. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's American. Uh, oh no, that's ASL. Yeah, American Dumbass. Alice, never mind. Holy shit, I'm stupid. Never mind. This is why I stay quiet every episode. ALS, anti-lesbian squad. Anti-liberal. Hiya. So the ALC. The ALC was a building. So I went to Lahaina Luna High School. Oldest high school west of the Rockies. Founded in 1831, I think. Wow. My fucking high school was founded like... It's years. weird, dude. Like it's founded like before Centuries this ago. goddamn city that we're in. Almost two hundred years ago. Yeah. Um. The two hundred year party is gonna be probably really lit. I'll have to go back for that. Um. Yeah, that'll be sick. Yeah. So the ALC. So the school is built on a mountainside. It was originally like a monastery, and then it was like a boarding school for monk, like for um, for monks, for like a yeah, like Protestants and shit. Um. And then it became a high school. So on the side of this literal mountain where my school was, there was a little building on the tippy tippy top and it was the ALC building and it was um, titled, you know, the, the acronym was the alternative learning center. And if you totally bombed all your classes, you had to go to the ALC. Okay. But it was known colloquially as assholes last chance. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> I kid you not, a fucking physical labor camp where you would go and um, you would do physical labor to earn credits. No way. They would go and like fucking work tarot fields. This is all like, uh, what's the word? Um, not cooperative. This was all. Uh, community? Not communal. Community. It just sounds like. Willing. It's willing. It's okay. willing work. They weren't like forced to do it or anything, but it's like, if you want to graduate, you can do this. Okay. That's I, thought, I thought we had yeah. chain gangs on the side yeah, of the no, road. No. <laughs> That'd be sick. I, it felt like the, my description was like a little bit like too morbid for what it really was. Okay. It was still like, I mean, you're an idiot if you have to go to that. Uh-huh. And all the people who went to that were just absolute meatheads who couldn't like help but scrap each other. Oh That's yeah. Awesome. But they could do the hard work. Yeah. So oh, you yeah. would go and like rip up tarot fields for like Got to repay years. society. Yeah. It's interesting. That's sick. It was I wish weird. they had that here. Dude, it, <laughs> no. <laughs> that would not be a good thing. So many more people would have diplomas. <laughs> exactly. I don't think we need that many more people with diplomas out there right now, dude. Hey, look at my paper. I was about to say, I think there's a lot of stupid people with diplomas, too. My diplomas were cool, dude. I mean, I, I don't got know a about diploma. your guys's. I bet your guys' is are shitty. Well, I don't know. The Lahaina Luna one is like when you open it up. Which, yeah, Lahaina Luna, I love that name. You open it up, and it's like a hand drawing of, like, the school. Like, a scribed pen drawing nope. of, like, the road going up to the school and, like... Nope, we already lost. I was about to say, I think I've seen my diploma a total of two times in my whole life since I've graduated. And, like, it just stays inside, like, my mom's, like, bedroom. Along oh, yeah. with, like, my other brothers. Like, they just have them set up inside their room. And I don't live there, so why am I going to go look at it? 
<laughs> it's Mom, ugly. all the you diploma. Yeah, trust me, dude. We, yeah. we have the same diploma, essentially. It's ugly. I, it's like I bet. California standard, like, pumped out crap. No, it's got a picture of our high school, too, but our high school looks like shit. Where'd you go? Uh, we we're not going to say not, that. We're not going <laughs> to disclose <laughs> We're not going to say that. Uh, oh, man. For privacy's sake, we're not. We don't. Also, for, yeah. for my embarrassment's sake, dude, that's that school sucked. It sucked. It was literally designed by a prison architect. And it looked like one, too. Yes, it actually Damn, did. Damn, we might have divulged too much information already. Or, like, look at uh, like. Cut it out. Just cut it out. It's fine. Oh or just God. put like a big long sensor. No, it was just funny to say that. Uh, yeah, no, we, put a, put we, a, we live in. <laughs> yeah, dude, just like put in like the longest like sensor or yeah, like the sensor noise and then put like uh, jackhammers going off in the background and then <laughs> sirens going off and then everyone's just like, what What they say? <laughs> the suspense will have them on the edge of their seat. Or they're just not going to care and they're just going to like shut it off the podcast. <laughs> Which they probably already did. Oh, Thanks, they're doing, guys. They're doing this gag, huh? Skip. <laughs> wow, it's still going on 10 minutes in. Wow, it's an hour in and it's still going on. What time are we at right now? Uh, we're at one fourteen. One hour already? Yep. Holy time shit. Time flies. Time flies. Time does fly. I was going to say, uh, chances are we're going to have Nico on for another episode. So if you liked Nico, uh, get ready for some more Nico. Most Nico, definitely. Nico, nee. Nico, Nico, nee. Yeah. So again, uh, Nico, dude, let 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 them know what your Instagram is, like all that stuff. We, we already we already like told everyone what you do, but just explain to us what you do and where where they can find you and all that. I am a very active cosplayer. I do Star Wars, Tokusatsu stuff, and you can find me on Instagram at Desert Fair Cosplay. And that's all one word, guys. One word, no underscores. Yeah, check them out. Uh, we can't wait to have you back on, dude. Like, I honestly, can't wait to be here. it was so awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And best believe we're going to have some fun stuff coming up with Nico. More cohesive so. topics. Uh, Actually, yes. <laughs> Bulletin board. There's going to have to be an episode where I'm going to skip out, guys, and uh, I'll leave that surprise till later because I. <laughs> Nico knows about it, and I think that's enough for us. That's enough. People can kind of take guesses at what it's going to be, but it's going to be a fun one. All right, guys. Well, this is Sal. This is Edgar. And Nico. We're signing out. Thanks for joining us today at Man- on Mandatory Fun Time. Everyone have a good night. Bye.